Welcome to the Wealthier Together podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to help women cultivate wellness in all areas of their lives. The next interview focuses on the importance of cooking and healthy eating for optimal health. During this interview, I'm going to be interviewing Dolores Stornis Bliss, the founder of the Busy Entrepreneur's Healthy Kitchen. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Wealthier Together pop-up podcast. Today, I'm interviewing Dolores. Dolores grew up on a farm in northern British Columbia, where she learned the basics of cooking from scratch by helping her mother. As a healthy cooking coach, Dolores is passionate about helping people reverse unhealthy eating patterns and helping them to cultivate healthy eating habits, thereby reducing stress around what to have for dinner. She believes in the power of family connecting around the dinner table over delicious, healthy food. She dedicates her time to helping busy entrepreneurial and professional women to shift their eating from toxic processed foods to cooking healthy, real food in the same amount of time that it takes to eat out or order in. Hi, Dolores. How are you doing today? Hi, blessings. I'm doing just fine. Wonderful. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into healthy cooking, how you became a healthy cooking coach? Well, I, as you mentioned in the introduction, I did grow up on a farm and I had a mother that cooked everything. My parents grew everything, raised everything on the farm. So I had those basic training from youth and I learned to love cooking. So uh, I did train as a teacher, but I always wanted to have my own business. So um, partway down the road, I decided to open a, well, I had a health food store and then I added a a little um, a restaurant, lunch counter kind of thing to it where I cook because I, I just love cooking healthy food. And then from there, I opened an organic cafe at Simon Fraser University in Burnaby, BC. And that is where I really learned the value of a pre-planning and prep. So it's been my experience. I've had to learn it. I've had to use it. And But one of the things that was kind of um, a critical moment for me is when I was building my career, I was teaching in the college in Burns Lake, uh, which is a small community in northern BC. And we lived on the other side of a large lake, so I had to take a ferry, and this was a busy ferry. So if you didn't get on that ferry, you were late for work. So it meant I was leaving early. My kids were going to school on the side of lake that we lived and I had two teenagers and a child in kindergarten. So I ended up having to uh, start to buy food really. I started to get things that they could heat up when they got home from school off the bus. Well as it turned out and is often the case with children, my youngest somehow managed to get me to buy her pizza pops. I guess she'd had them at a friend's <laughs> or something like that, and she really wanted them. So I kind of caved, and I bought them for her. And anybody that knows the ingredient list on Pizza Pops knows that they are not a healthy after-school snack. But I caved. And, but, you know, it's so true with kids. You know, they like something, and that's all they want to eat. It didn't take very long before this was all she wanted, <laughs> and she was demanding it for supper. I mean, I would bring home food to cook for supper, but she didn't want to eat it. She wanted the pizza pop. Yeah. So that was like a real wake up call for me because I always um, was interested in making sure my kids ate healthily. And I mean, it was in the, we're talking about in the 
70s, 80s. So it wasn't as much information available as now about the harm of uh, processed foods, but I knew. So I ended up having to ban those. (laughs) um, think what I was doing and so I started making uh, these calzones Mm -hmm. which looks like a pizza pop it was just kind of a way of tricking her into (laughs) (laughs) without a fight really and she didn't know the difference and we made them and she helped me make them and so we were able to make the switch but what it did for me was make me realize I really needed to think about what I was providing and plan a little more and prepare a little more in advance And so that was like a good wake-up call for me, but also required me to shift my thinking. That makes perfect sense. Like a lot of um, busy working women and families, they don't have time. Like let's say how you were getting up early and going to work, they don't have time. And so the kids, especially when they're young or when they become teenagers, they start eating all these foods that are, you know, easy to make because they don't want to cook. And it has all these preservatives. And of course, as we know now, like you were saying, like before, like there wasn't as much information, but now we know like they have, they put addictive ingredients so that the children continue asking for them or teenagers. And so I definitely like the fact that you shared your story and how you actually experienced it. Because I think some people will, they'll say, well, you don't have kids, so you don't know the, you know, how difficult it is, but you actually went through this with two teenagers and a kindergartner. So you actually have that background and the fact that you turned it around means that it is possible for anyone. Yes. Yes. So my first question is, what are the most common reasons that people give you for not cooking or eating healthy? Right. Okay. Well, I did a couple surveys and the answers that came back were pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. One, people feel like they're too busy. Two, they don't plan ahead so that meal arrives, time arrives, and then they start to think about what to eat. Mm-hmm. And when you're doing that, you're hungry by that time, right? That's why you're thinking about it. <laughs> so it's really hard to have the willpower if you have been. Uh, in the habit of, say, ordering in a pizza or going through the overweighty or, the, well, here in Canada, it's overweighty, the grocery store, uh-huh. and deciding as you're going what to have. And generally, people that are doing that are kind of trying to be a little healthier. But when you're hungry, it's really hard to make healthy decisions. There's no willpower left in our brain to do what's right. We're True. just going for what's comfort and what's fast and what will solve the problem of our hunger. <laughs> yeah. So it's really, really difficult. And that's the common problem that came up, the most common problem. But also a problem that came up is that a lot of people want to eat healthily, so they buy all these healthy ingredients, mm-hmm. but they don't actually have a plan for them. So then what happens? They go bad in the fridge and they throw them out. So they're torn with this, well, they go bad on me, I'm wasting money. So it's easier for them just to fall back and to buy something that's already prepared. So that's a big issue. Another issue that comes up, though not as uh, strong as that there's not enough time, is that a lot of people don't really know how to cook. That's true. Um, They've grown up in a world where maybe their parents just bought processed food. And so they didn't ever really learn how to cook, or their parents cooked, but they just didn't teach them. So that can be an issue too. 
But the big one is time and lack of prep. That makes sense. Like you were saying that once you're hungry, it's, you, you can't, it's very difficult for you to plan because your brain is like, I just need, we need food. And I think this is also the reason they say not, not to go to the grocery store hungry because yes. you just buy just everything, things that you wouldn't pick up otherwise. Yes. And so how do you help your professionals plan? So when they come to you, how do you, how do you help them set up like a basic plan? Well, the first thing that we deal with is actually mindset. Mm -hmm. It's looking at the whole picture of around food. So the picture around food is that we need to view it as something we're doing for ourselves, something we get to do, yeah. something that we take care of ourselves and not something like, oh, I have to cook dinner. <laughs> so it's like changing the focus. Mm-hmm. So that helps. And once you get your focus changed where you really want to do it, you make it a priority. So like anything that's a priority in our life, we plan for it, right? If you're going on a holiday, you plan it, you prep, you set aside time. So we need to plan for healthy eating. We need to set aside some time where we're actually going to shop and where we're going to do the prep that's necessary to make the weekly meals more efficient. Because when you get home and say you're going to cook, the last thing you want to do is spend an hour in the kitchen trying to put together food. True. So we try to, I teach them to prep a little, or prep most things early. So when it actually comes time to do the putting together the meal, it can go together very quickly. So this is uh, basically how uh, most people do it, is they set up a, a plan, they set up a priority, and it kind of creates a, a habit, actually. Mm -hmm. So that's what we need to do is create the habit of doing these healthy, healthy things. Because if we don't have healthy food in our fridge, we're not going to actually be able to cook anything healthy, right? That's true. So you want them to focus on their mindset so mm -hmm. that they're doing something for themselves, not looking at it as an obligation, yeah. and then also creating that habit. So setting aside some time and making it a habit so that becomes more natural for them to cook exactly it, a habit that we do all the time is something we just do true just because that's what we do right so like for me I always cook it's just a habit it doesn't it doesn't a question whether I'm actually going to cook or not mm -hmm. it's just something I do so you want it to get to that point where it's just something you do but you set up the stage or the environment so that can happen that makes perfect sense especially if you if someone is not used to cooking or is used to ordering out mm -hmm. it yeah. takes you're right you have to change your mindset and then you have to actually set aside that time yeah and see the thing with the meal meals dinner it shows up every night <laughs> True. it shows up seven days a week you know 30 days 31 days a month 352 times a year you know what i mean yeah. so it's something we really need to kind of get in a proper perspective about it true and turn that into something positive so that's what i'm about <laughs> that i mean that's a good very good way to approach it so what are some habits that busy professionals and entrepreneurs need to develop to so they can cook more and eat healthier so you've mentioned mindset setting aside that time so it becomes a habit are there some tactical things that they can do well, definitely the uh, making it a priority so that you put it, I would say, put it into your calendar. 
mm-hmm. put it into your, because what we want to do, we schedule, right? Yes. We'll schedule it and make it, it's in your calendar. It's a priority. You're going to do it. So you set aside your shopping time. You set aside your prep time. And then you plan when you're going to cook. So if every day you're home at, say, 5.30, 6 o'clock, that's going to be your cooking time. So you just schedule it. Scheduling, putting it on your calendar is a, makes it far easier chance that it's going to happen. That's very true. They say that if you write down your goals, whether your goal is eating healthier and cooking, that you're more likely to actually do it. So putting on a calendar on your calendar is a wonderful tip. So what, when you survey your clients, which meals are the hardest for them to plan? Most clients feel that dinner is hard to plan because, um, number one, for breakfast, a lot of people just do a smoothie or something quick, or maybe they don't even eat and they just go through Starbucks and get a coffee and a, a muffin. Yeah. So that's kind of a habit, right? That they have. And, um, so I think the dinner is the hardest one. Lunch, if you're working, is easy to go have a something at a at a little cafe or something like that. So I think dinner is the hardest. And part of the problem with eating out all the time is the cost, right? Yes. So and it's not you cannot count on getting healthy food by eating out. You might be in a restaurant where, you know, they make salads and stuff, and maybe they say that they buy locally, but there's a whole lot of ingredients you don't really know what you're getting. That's true. So to really know, you need to prepare it yourself. That's true. And I mean, people can find recipes that teach them how to make their favorite restaurant meals at home. Mm-hmm. So like you were saying, with the planning, they get creative. They can still, like you made the calzones instead of the pizza pops for your daughter. Mm-hmm. She didn't mm-hmm. even know the difference. So... <laughs> That's right. And she helped me make them, which was a plus. And then I made a lot, so I froze them. So, you know, I solved that problem by spending a little bit of time. And it didn't take very long. And I like to cook, so that didn't, was okay, right? So, And it saved you time. And then you had her help you. So she, you were spending family time together. I tell people, make sure you incorporate your family. Like if you have small kids, this oh, is yeah. the time for them to learn healthy eating habits and they get it from the parents. So I think that's great that you did that with your daughter. So what are the most common unhealthy eating patterns that you come across when you're working with your clients? Well, I think uh, mainly it's the not planning. So five o'clock rolls around and they think, ah, what's for dinner? And And they're hungry. So they could just, say, go through a drive through and then they're eating uh, very fast foods, which are not healthy. Or if they're trying to be healthy, they might go through the grocery store and say, pick up a roasted chicken. And, you know, really, that's not a bad thing to have. Mm-hmm. If you do that, that's okay. But a lot of people don't. They go for the, the fast, whatever's fast, or they order in a pizza. And, I mean, you can still have pizza and have healthy pizza, but as a regular diet there's too many that's not good so so it's not good so I think it's really the lack of planning is is the main thing okay so can you tell us about just a few of the chemicals that are in a lot of the fast foods processed foods that we eat and why we should avoid them well 
foods, we call them processed foods, but in actual fact, they're a food-like substance. They're not real food. True. So what the food uh, corporations do, they actually have scientists that create formulas <laughs> that make us want to eat more. So one of those ones is high fructose corn syrup. They use as a sweetener. Number one is usually from uh, GMO corn, genetically modified corn. And they manufacture it in such a way that actually what it does is it creates a desire for us to eat more. Mm -hmm. It's a deliberate thing so that we eat more, we, we overeat, we buy more. That's one thing. High fructose, high fructose corn syrup is a thing to watch out for. But there are also things like flavorings, artificial flavorings, because again, that's part of the science to have, make it taste artificial colors. So it looks good. Like red is a favorite. Mm -hmm. color and those colors artificial colors are and flavorings are known to be toxins to the body they're carcinogenic so we want to avoid those they also use things like msg which is also toxic they use artificial sweeteners a lot of times people will say well i buy the unsweetened um say juices or whatever yeah. and but really they're getting an artificial sweetener such as splenda or what are the other ones i forget what they're called um they're just, what they do, they're a chemical that crosses into the brain and affects the brain, crosses the blood-brain barrier. So mm -hmm. if you're eating a lot of, say, um, artificially sweetened, zero-calorie soft drinks, thinking that you're doing yourself a favor by not having sugar, you're actually creating a whole new level of toxicity in the brain, which, you know, research is showing that that leads to foggy thinking you actually gain more weight on these artificial sweeteners. The brain still treats them like um, a sweetener and it becomes addicted to them. So there's a whole lot of things that are happening in the body that are not healthy. And it's hard to break those habits. It's really hard for people to break off of the um, artificially sweetened soft drinks because they're addicted to them. That's very true. And I think there are some studies that have shown that um, women who drink the um, diet sodas have mm -hmm. a higher risk of developing metabolic syndrome and of course yes. being obese and so there's all sorts of other studies but it's very important for people to know this because some people don't know they genuinely do not know they're like well someone said it was healthy they said it was a healthier alternative to regular soda and so a lot of times people really don't have the knowledge and so they're like oh this is healthy and then they end up you know having some chronic condition that needs to be managed with medication which that goes down a whole nother area but exactly. that's very true mm -hmm. so those are some of the things um you know and of course it's important to buy um foods that have not been sprayed um that's why i do promote organic uh because you don't want to have all the glyphosates that are being sprayed onto the crops those are yeah. not carcinogenic there's so many chemicals that really get a pass from the Food and Alcohol or Food and Drug Association that really they've not even studied. They haven't even tested. Yes, the Food and Drug Administration. They, I, I, yeah, I think they have other vested interests that aren't the health of the people. Exactly. That's what I'll say. Well, it's, uh, true. it's true. Yeah, they've shown the people sitting on the board or the people that are on the boards of the big companies that are creating the problem. So it's, yeah, 
is vested interest and it's it's not it's a conflict for sure true so what do you tell someone who tells you or says to you that organic food and healthy eating is too expensive <laughs> well it is true that you do pay more for organic and that's because there's no subsidies uh, regular agricultural products are subsidized a lot but there are um, some or products uh, vegetables and fruits that you absolutely should eat organically because they absorb the sprays even more things like strawberries and apples and they have thin skins mm -hmm. but there are also those that are not as affected they don't require as much spray mm -hmm. so that things like avocados and bananas and grapefruit and um, and I can, if anybody's interested, I have a list. It's called, there are two lists. One's called the Clean 15, which is a list of those that are not so affected by sprays or don't have as much spray. And then there's a Dirty Dozen. And from that list, those ones should be eaten organically. Okay. So, and the thing is, uh, if you eat in season, you have a better chance of getting uh, a better price. If you buy from farmers markets mm -hmm. chances are get to know your farmer uh, not all of them are organic but they also not all of them use sprays or chemicals they just cook or cook they grow their vegetables like my grandparents like my parents grew we didn't mm -hmm. call it organic we just use natural fertilizers and healthy plants don't need the sprays the same as uh, if they're not healthy if they're using chemical fertilizers so you can do that. You can buy more from farmer's markets. You can also buy organic frozen vegetables. Frozen vegetables are picked in their peak of their season and they're frozen and you can get some really good quality stuff. Like I buy my frozen vegetables from Costco. Mm -hmm. because I can buy great big bags and they're very reasonably priced. And I use those in the winter mostly and I use them on the days when yeah, things are a little bit busy and I, I want to maybe make up something rather quickly and I need some vegetables. I don't want to, I haven't maybe prepped as much as I should. I didn't maybe plan as well as I should. Mm -hmm. I use the frozen vegetables. Um, there's, I have actually a list called how to eat healthily and save money too, okay. which if anybody's interested. They can connect with me after we'll put my um, connections on the, I guess uh, on, if I post this on my Facebook, I can put that where they can get in touch with me. Okay. And uh, I can send them those lists. There's quite a few things you can do. Like when you pre-plan, you only buy what you're going to use. You don't buy a bunch of stuff that goes bad because you didn't have a plan for. So there's a lot of ways to actually save money. That's definitely good to hear because that's what a lot of people are concerned about that, you know, buying a lot of food that they don't use and they throw it away, which is wasting money. But the way you're saying just buy it, like for, I guess, meal specific. So if they plan their meals in advance, they buy the ingredients specifically for those meals. Yes. And if they need to throw those frozen vegetables in there, they can do that and they can still plan healthy meals and save money and not throw away any of their produce because it has spoiled. So and the that other is, thing I do suggest is they cook more and then freeze portions for those days when everything is going crazy <coughs> that's me. actually a very great idea um and yeah. you're cooking anyway so say you're cooking quinoa <laughs> how hard is it to cook two cups of quinoa instead of one cup true and then true. you just freeze it or use it up during the week 
uh, the way I help people is I show them how to do different recipes using many of the same ingredients. So it's not like you're eating the same thing all week because each time is different when you incorporate it into a different recipe. Oh, cool. So you're mixing up those same ingredients of the buy for the week. Yep. So they're being efficient and eating different meals so they don't get bored. Exactly. That is great. Yes. Well, thank you, Dolores, for um, doing this interview. Can you tell us a little bit about where people can find you, if you have any programs, anything like that that's available? Yes, I would like to invite everybody to join my Facebook group called Busy Entrepreneurs Healthy Kitchen. It's a private group, so you just ask to be um, invited or just ask to be added, and I'll do that. And in there, I do have some links for I have a link for that, um, how to eat healthily and uh, save money too. I have a link for that. I have some recipe links in there. And I'm constantly bringing in experts to talk about different issues around health because, of course, health is more than just food. I mean, food is the foundation, yes. healthy food. But uh, I bring in people that help you to deal with stress and have interviews. And I'm starting to do expert interviews and putting them in that group. So there's lots of information that can be gained just by joining the group. And it's a free group. And then I will be... Um, I do have a program called Healthy Cooking for Busy People, and I will be actually uh, running that program, launching it at the end of March, and so I'll have some information in there. If anybody wants more information about that, um, they can actually book a session with me, and we can talk about how they can best um, reach their goals, and I'll give them ways to help them, and if working with me is one of those, we can do that or I can recommend other people as well. So I'm really open to helping people in any way that works best for them. Thank you so much. Thank you. You've given us a lot of insight and especially since this is a big, big area that people who are busy are concerned with. Thank you for all of your expertise. Thank you very much. Blessings. It's been an honor to be here and hopefully what we've shared today will help somebody get there their meal, their eating right that's going to work for them. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Wealthier Together podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and share this podcast with a friend.